0: Today, we talk about a TV show putting the spotlight on strong female leads.
1: And crowned Sandra Oh, the queen of television.
0: Same difference.
1: Killing Eve is a British-made television show based on Luke Jennings' novella series Codename Villanelle. It was developed for television by screenplay writer and actor Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Starring Sandra Oh as Eve Palestri and Jodie Comer as Villanelle, The show received massive support from its audience, earning a rating of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. The first season premiered on April 8, 2018 on BBC America and it was renewed shortly before even going on the air.
0: By the way, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. When you hear this dinger,
1: Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert!
0: Be sure to go out! Watch the show, then come straight back to us. And
1: you really should be watching it. And we're so glad that we're watching it because of your friend,
0: Jillian Yup, who helped us gather research about Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Killing Eve. So thanks, Jillian. This podcast is dedicated to you. Thank
1: you so much, Jillian. Your dedication to this show is spectacular. And we're so happy that you brought it into our lives because it's amazing. It's
0: one of the best shows I've seen All year round. And that includes Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
1: And I don't watch a lot of ongoing television series. I'm pretty much limited to Game of Thrones and whatever game (laughs) show. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is done. The Men
0: Shows. He watches The Men Shows that is
1: a gross oversimplification of some very highly regarded television the
0: Men shows i will keep calling it the Men shows
1: so it takes a lot for me to get into a new television series because it's such a big investment especially when you have a serialized story like killing eve and so this just hooked me it was we, wonderful
0: we went through the series in under two days i think And I have to say, that was one of the funnest moments I had while watching a television show. Like, I enjoy comedies like Modern Family and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But with Killing Eve, it was a mixture of actually enjoying the content and finding it hilarious at the same time.
1: I kind of had my walls up. But I usually do when trying to watch new television series. But this just broke them down, shattered them, and I was completely invested all the way through. And it's a pretty easy watch, right? With eight episodes, it's not a heavy load as compared to other series that you might see on the air or on Netflix.
0: I think a lot of it has to do with Phoebe Waller-Bridge as its writer or as its showrunner. Um, I did a lot of research on Phoebe Waller-Bridge and she is basically these serialized television show. She started with comedy with Crashing and Fleabag. And then as soon as Fleabag was done, she moved on to Killing Eve. And the thing with her is that she writes moments instead of structure first. So she writes the heart and the brain of the show first before tying it all together structurally. And I think that really shows in a piece like Killing Eve. Because when I think of Killing Eve, I think of distinct moments on the show that really got to me whether it was funny or if it was emotional.
1: And that's particularly interesting because, for example, uh, as I pointed out in the intro, uh, this is actually an adaptation, right? Mm -hmm. It's based on Luke Jennings' series of uh, novellas. And I have not read the novellas, so I don't know specifically the things that Phoebe Waller-Bridge changed or brought to the story and to the table But whatever it is, I think that her sense of humor in particular really shines through. Especially after we watched Fleabag,
0: Mm. which we
1: did. And I do like Killing Eve more than Fleabag. There is a voice. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge's voice really comes through in the dialogue and even in the plot. Whether or not she took it from the source material.
0: She didn't write the source material per se, but she said she had control over the steering of it. So she was able to take it where she wanted to go. And I think a big chunk of that is because she had a lot of help from Luke Jennings, the original writer. Like, they worked together and Luke Jennings was very open to changes that Phoebe Waller-Bridge may have made. And I'll talk about these changes later on in another section, which we're about to introduce. Right. But I feel like Phoebe Waller-Bridge really made Killing Eve her
1: own. Yeah, and that's very interesting, especially with uh, the issue of adaptations, is how do people take the source material and sort of give it new life or make it actually come to life for people who are fans of the original material. Mm. And I think that Phoebe Waller-Bridge really succeeded in the sense that um, I've never heard of Codename Villanelle uh, or Luke Jennings in my life. And she really breathed a new love for this material and uh, this property and introduced it to a much wider audience than ever before.
0: You know what surprises me? It's that when you talk about adaptations, you usually talk about how loyal it is to the book, how much of the book was brought into the show, because usually the book is better than the show. But with Killing Eve she took a lot of liberties with the existing text and managed to make it something transcendent of its original novella series.
1: Which is interesting to see how particular uh, creators and authors transform material that's given to them because you're always kind of caught between uh, the loyalty to the source material, as you mentioned, and sort of changing it, not just for the medium, right? Between text, and prose to television, but also for, you know, the political climate, the times, uh, Mm. changing what might have been problematic in the original text and making it more palatable or, say, just a better piece of text and representation for a different time than when it was originally written.
0: Speaking of representation, the cast is absolutely amazing.
1: Oh my god! Sandra!
0: She has an almost all-woman cast.
1: Sandra! For something
0: so serious as Killing Eve, and I adore it.
1: Sandra! Sandra O oh is so good in this show. She has been amazing in everything I've seen her in. And this is just her masterwork, isn't it?
0: She's nominated, as far as I know.
1: She better win. I hope she
0: wins. She's up against um Jodie Comer, who played Villanelle.
1: From the same show, yes.
0: I'm hoping that Sandra takes it this season, just because of how good she was. Like, Villanelle was very theatrical, or Jodie was very theatrical, but Sandra had this subtlety, which I don't think a lot of actors have, which is absolutely amazing to see. And see, she is so passionate about the show.
1: And the thing with Sandra Oh... Is that she brings like a very quiet but palpable determination to the character. You can really feel how motivated uh, Eve Polastri is as a character. That you want to see her succeed. You empathize with her. You want to see her achieve her goals, especially as the stakes and the conflicts get stronger and stronger as the season progresses. And I do think that Jodie is going to win the Emmy no, over Sandra. why? Because her role is much more in line with what people are looking for during mm. award seasons. Uh, people love villains. And this is pretty much a very iconic television villain. And I think that her performance as this kooky, pretty much insane... Psychopathic Assassin is right up Emmy Award season. But for me, it, it's gotta be Sandra. It
0: makes me sad when I realize that Sandra probably will lose it to Jody, even if I love the two very much. Particularly because Jody's just starting out. She's around 23.
1: Oh my gosh! And
0: Sandra's already 40.
1: Is she 23? I'm 22 already. She's
0: 23 or 24.
1: What is my life? What is meaning? What is time even? <laughs>
0: Oh, by the way, our friend Nikki is here and she's laughing at everything Joseph's saying.
1: Thank you so much, Nikki, for letting us use your place. It's great. It's great. Love
0: you, Nikki. Anyway, going back to the discussion on Jodie and Sandra, I feel like Sandra deserves the award because she's been snubbed by the Academy for so long. Forever! She didn't win for Grey's Anatomy.
1: Mm. And that's her iconic role before this, Mm -hmm. right? People most associate her with that show. And then
0: people are saying that Killing Eve is her... Masterpiece.
1: She was finally given a proper leading role in a long form television series, and she's making the absolute best of the opportunity.
0: So I think she absolutely deserves the the award just based on how she treated this role, how much effort she put into it, and just by her acting ability. Like if we're gonna like boil it down to acting ability, I feel like Sandra, took the cake with this
1: for sure like she has to go through such a wide range of emotions as you would being the lead in a dramatic television series like killing eve right and she really stretches her acting muscles on this one uh she is equal parts funny uh sad uh determined exciting it's a she's a wonderfully written protagonist and given such life By Sandra O. So who are your other uh, favorite characters and performers in Killing Eve?
0: My favorite character is Villanelle. Right. Just because of taste. Mm -hmm. Because I absolutely love the crazy lady genre. You
1: love them crazy ladies. I love
0: Amy Dunn. I love Veronica Sawyer. And Villanelle absolutely just fits the bill with this.
1: She is... She is your ideal character. She's
0: my ideal woman.
1: Yeah. If, <laughs> if you wouldn't be straight, you'd be all over Villanelle. Mm. This, is, this is the kind of character that you really look for in your fiction. I, I, remember,
0: I remember watching it and I yelled at one scene, which I won't spoil. That she's the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. And you were slightly horrified. Yes,
1: because <laughs> when you said she is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life, she was doing something horrific. <laughs> she's an insane <laughs> assassin. But she was, and you cute. find, you find her cuter than I do. And I am the heterosexual male in this <laughs> relationship.
0: But she was so cute. Like, I can't explain it, but Villanelle is equal parts horrific and equal parts cute.
1: She's very jiffable.
0: I love it. I love her. If I you go on
1: Twitter, you just type in "Killing Eve," the gifs will rain down.
0: Okay, about how about you?
1: Oh, uh, it's got to be Bill Pargrave, the character oh. as played by David Haig.
0: Oh, he is—he
1: is adorable. I don't know where you're <laughs> getting He's at.
0: Hilarious. He's,
1: he's so funny as a character. He's, his comedic timing was absolutely on point. Phoebe Waller-Bridge gave him a lot of uh, dialogue as well as character to chew on. You learn more about him through the season, and you're forced to just really empathize with the guy and root for him.
0: His dynamic with Sandra O oh is amazing. They had a lot of chemistry, like next to Sandra and Jody, I'd say that Sandra and David are the best dynamic on the show.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful dynamic and really interesting when you consider uh, that it's a boss-employee relationship. <laughs> But it comes off as very casual and friendly. And you just end up rooting for both people. They still squabble like a boss and an employee would. But it's a very loving, eventually supportive relationship. And you can't help but root for them.
0: Speaking of mentor and mentee relationships, I also love Constantine, Played by Kim Bodnia, Ah, And his dynamic with Villanelle. Of course you do. (laughs) I love it as a... Dad and daughter relationship, of course, yeah. a strained. Dad and daughter relationship.
1: Yeah, he's sort of the father figure in her life, and it, it it's interesting how it plays out. Definitely.
0: Edville, you know, has a sister. She has a little adorable, annoying little sister. Quote unquote. Quote unquote sister.
1: Yes, uh, but like we said, there's a lot of wonderful female roles in this piece, which makes it incredibly ideal to introduce our new segment for the program, The Rules of Feminism. The Rules of Feminism.
0: By the way, guys, The Rules of Feminism is a segment where I, Ika, the girl, dissect, discuss, and study everything female, from the text to the production. Killing Eve was based on a novella, codenamed Villanelle, and that was written by Luke Jennings. When it was greenlit for production, Jennings was worried that Killing Eve would be another Nikita copycat show.
1: I've never seen Nikita in my life.
0: Neither have I. But you know, crazy ladies, assassins.
1: Spy thriller. Spy Spy thriller. thriller.
0: Yes, female spy thriller.
1: Not really our genre, but we went for it anyway.
0: Yeah. But with the help of Phoebe Waller-Bridge, the writer of the hilarious British comedy show Fleabag, as we were saying earlier, he managed to rework Killing Eve. Bridge who by the way rewrote some male characters from the novellas and transformed them into roles for women, was also at one point called to a meeting because, and I quote, they can't have too many women in the show.
1: Too many ladies, too many women.
0: Because it would be unbelievable.
1: It's ridiculous that there's so many women in this show.
0: And Phoebe Waller-Bridge said, what the fuck are you talking about? Not if it's well written and shot well. And on top of an almost all-woman cast... Killing Eve also stars Sandra Oh as Eve Polestri. When Sandra first received the script, she didn't think they'd offer her the role of Eve because she was aware of the way Hollywood overlooked people of color. And in an interview with Vanity Fair, she actually talks about how important visibility is for the Asian community. Saying, Young Asian people who come up to me have a certain vibration, and I receive it, and I understand it, and I feel emotional just talking about it. I'm here for you, and I'll continue doing everything I can to fill something that I know you need right now that we don't have yet as a community. And that was The Rules of Feminism.
1: The Rules of Feminism. Spoiler Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So Killing Eve, right? Oh my god, when... uh, Okay, so since we're in the spoiler section... I'm gonna get this right out of the way. Bill dies, friends. Probably the third or fourth best character on the show. Dead. Episode 3, and my heart shattered. I was destroyed by his death.
0: But to be fair, I think that he needed to die. Or rather, from the very beginning, you could feel like he was a disposable character. Or a character meant... To further Sandra O's determination and arc. Don't
1: you talk about (laughs) Bill like he's some plot device. No, but
0: think about it. In season three, uh, season three, on episode three, you get this moment with Eve and Bill. Yeah. And they're bonding in the hotel room. And you know something is up. Yeah. Because there's so much time given to Bill and he's not even the main character.
1: And you know when a supporting character gets his time in the spotlight. He gone. He dead. Goodbye. He's so dead. Uh, Bill
0: real dead. Bill real <laughs>
1: dead. It was one of my favorite scenes in episode 3 is when they were in the hotel room before Sandra oh has to go on her forced work date and they were talking about, you know, love and... Bill's sexuality. Being a slutty
0: pansexual man. Yeah. In an open relationship.
1: In a marriage of convenience. I loved it. And being happy about it. It was all framed and portrayed so positively and like in a healthy manner that you're just like, Bill, my boy. And then in a minute,
0: at the end of the episode... He gone he dead.
1: he's so dead and the
0: thing is okay i'm just gonna point this out this was the scene where joseph was horrified by me because i found villianelle absolutely adorable and she was about to stab bill
1: villianelle given like the death eyes to bill and i'm just like please don't kill my bill and And i
0: was like
1: Ika over here going
0: oh she's adorable what is wrong with no, you? No, because she had that cute little smile on her face and like you don't know if she wants to hug you or kill you, and that's just like totally my thing in a person in general.
1: You're a strange lady. You make me worry I about don't... being in a long term relationship <laughs> with you.
0: I don't know. It was it was really cute. Um But Villanelle had other amazing scenes other than <laughs> murdering Bill. Bill. I just want to talk about the last scene. And we're gonna jump ahead, okay? Just a couple of episodes with, with her dynamic with Eve when they're finally alone together in a room, and everyone's rooting for something else to happen.
1: Uh you you know what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. You, you know?
0: Yeah, we were all like just waiting because the the chemistry was so palpable, and everyone was just like, we just needed something. Happy? They, they, they
1: they gotta smoosh booties, is what we're saying. Okay, yeah. We we want them to smoosh booties.
0: And then, in the final second before they actually do it, Eve Polestri just straight up stabs Villanelle. She shivs her! She shivs her right in the gut, and it's awesome! <laughs> and it, you can see the horror and the fear and the confusion in both their eyes. And it's like Eve didn't even know what she did.
1: It was almost like, it was almost like a bad first sexual encounter. Cause they both immediately regretted it. Like Eve tried to find like towels and bandages yeah, to kind of clean up the wound. And then, uh, Villanelle just felt so betrayed. Like all she said was like, you stabbed me. <laughs> and it's like, it's a wonderful piece of dramatic writing where a, it just subverts all your expectations. There was
0: a sex joke in there somewhere. Oh yeah,
1: Um, she penetrates her with a knife. knife. And
0: then I think Villanelle was yelling, don't pull it out. It's going to hurt if you pull it out. And then Eve (laughs) just straight up pulls it out. And then Villanelle just shouts even more, I told you not to pull it out.
1: (laughs) Phoebe Waller-Bridge is really known for her innuendos and her approach mm. to comedy about sex and female sexuality in particular I
0: love her um Phoebe Waller-Bridge actually acknowledged in an interview that every single moment of Killing Eve is dedicated to bringing those two together alone in a room for the audience and you can
1: feel it you're yeah. really wanting to see uh Sandra Oh as Eve and Jodie Comer as Villanelle in the same room so that they can interact because they are such strong performers and <laughs> and the tension between their characters is so built up. It's this love-hate, uh, sex-work kind of relationship, right? Where it's uh, the crazed assassin and the agent hunting her down. It's but they're
0: of, like it's tropey. Like you have to admit, that's kind of something you see in a lot of fanfics and headcanons and all of that. And it. And it's on television now. It's a mainstream television show.
1: And it sort of takes that kind of obsession with the villain and the hero to another level. Like, you could say that a relationship like this is being portrayed in almost any cop drama where the cop is just so obsessed and tormented by this serial killer who he's hunting down. Or you could even, like, connect it to something like Batman and the Joker, Joker, right? But they... These two, they take that idea, right? That subtext of sort of...
0: It's not subtext.
1: Yeah, but they make it text is what I'm saying. Yeah, In this show, it becomes the text where they're sending each other like presents and gifts and like...
0: Sorry, baby. Really
1: nice clothes and perfume. Expensive perfume. And it's wonderful. It's the best.
0: They even went on a mini dinner date and eve's house episode five an amazing episode a
1: forced hostage dinner date
0: it was funny though
1: it is funny like it's also sexy in a way
0: it is sexy there's
1: like an eroticism to it in the way that you know there's a power play going on shifts
0: back and forth
1: it's a struggle between the two always and i think that's one of the most fascinating aspects of the show is to see how these characters play off each other and try to, you know, mentally and psychologically dominate the other.
0: I always get the feeling that Eve is the only one who could disarm Villanelle. And it's obvious in the way that Villanelle is portrayed with other people. How she always has control over the situation is able and is able to manipulate nearly everyone in her life. Um, with Constantine, with Anna, and... Everyone else. And then here comes Eve Polestri.
1: Who's kind of just throwing her world in disorder.
0: Yeah. And she has a fascination with it. And she's even even able to cave to Eve Polestri. Like, she had so many opportunities to kill or dominate Eve. But she never really does. And even gives Eve power over herself. Like in episode 5 where she lets Eve hold on to the knife during their dinner date like she knew eve was going to get the knife but she still said no you can just hold on to it if it makes you feel better but there were
1: also other instances of how that power was being at play in that particular scene right like um villianelle not necessarily forces but encourages eve to undress to change out of her wet clothes Mm, yeah And that's placing Eve in, like, an incredibly vulnerable position, right? Just physically, in the literal sense of uh, a law enforcement worker being in the same room as a dangerous criminal. But also, like, in the psychosexual sense, right, of where these two have a very palpable and real tension. And to literally strip Eve down to that position, it's... So rife with dramatic importance that you're on the edge of your seat the whole time.
0: No, no, I felt it too. I understand what you're saying. And even the dynamic when they'd send each other notes.
1: Sorry, baby.
0: Yeah, that was already sexy. It's kind of like, and I'm sorry for the analogy. I know people will kill me. Kind of like a millionaire Christian Grey type of character. But better. There we go. (laughs) But better. But better. And a girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like the kind of trope where a richer, more powerful individual spoils another into quote unquote supposedly getting what they want, but Eve never really caves to Villianel. And of course entirely.
1: We're to- and of course we're talking about how successful this show is with its uh dramatic potential it's dramatic reach but that's not taking away just how good this show is as a basic down to earth crime thriller because mm. it is nail-biting and suspenseful to the max especially because it's a cat and mouse game and i love cat and mouse games in crime fiction both um both main characters in Eve and Villanelle are basically hunting each other down and that kind of tension and suspense played out over so many beautiful cities in Europe. You know, They went to Moscow, yeah. Paris, of course, in London. And it's just a thrill to watch. You, you, there's no way you're not hooked by this show. Like, I tell a lot of people that my favorite scene uh, that got me into the show immediately was when Eve calls her boss a dick swab.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, and
1: and Bill says, Oi, I was supposed to call him a dick swab. I was like, yes, that's it. I'm in, I'm in. And it was a wonderful breaking of tension because the scene right before that is Villanelle slaughtering like five or six people in a hospital.
0: The thing with Phoebe Waller-Bridge is that when she writes, she writes the moments. So she writes the funny moments and she writes the heartbreaking moments and then just manages to put them together in a way that makes sense. So generally, what she likes to do is she likes to lull her audience in a false sense of like happiness and hilariousness. And even the scene before that major massacre in episode one, it was a funny dynamic with even the toilet coming out, and then Villanelle just comes in and just like says, "Wear your hair down; it's better."
1: It's meat cute.
0: Yeah, it's meat cute, and then everything's fine and happy, and then. You're also kind of tense because you know what's going to happen. Oh, you know shit's going to go
1: down. And
0: then you walk into that hospital room and it's worse than what you expected.
1: In a beautiful POV shot, by the way, that you see it from Eve's perspective. The horror of all the brutality. So
0: Villanelle was just supposed to kill the patient, but she slaughters every single
1: Person, well, was in it? that room. She had to make it look like yep. a suicide. Or make it an look ex- like a suicide. Right?
0: <laughs> she killed like six people. And this is why I love her. Okay. I adore her.
1: Okay. <laughs> I wanna be her. Okay, we're getting into like weird places that are not part of a podcast but maybe part of your therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're gonna save that for a professional who can deal with it. But before we wrap this up, I just wanted to mention another one of my favorite performers on this show. Yeah. And that's Fiona Shaw. Oh my god. You Carolyn you all Adams.
0: know her. You all know her as Aunt Petunia from Harry Potter. Aunt
1: Petunia's in this show, y'all. And she's like this cool spy from the 70s and 80s who had sex with all the Russians and broke all the stories about the nuclear bombs and, and saved the world.
0: sleeping... With technically the main antagonist of the show. Not Villanelle. No. Constantine. Constantine. I would say Constantine is the main antagonist. Is he though? I think, what are they called? The Twelve. The Twelve. And he's part of The Twelve. So right. like technically.
1: Right. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the show is kind of building up to this great uh, big bad. The big bad of the series apparently The Twelve. They're this organized syndicate Trying to take over the world, yay! And uh, Fiona Shaw as Carolyn Martins is the person who kind of recruits Eve to start hunting down Villanelle mm-hmm. in an unofficial status. But you know, the further you watch this show, the more confused I get about her character yeah. in the best possible way. During
0: the start, I was like, "Oh, this girl's crazy." Um,
1: Carolyn Martins.
0: Carolyn Martins is not good. I I oh, I'm, I was skeptical. Of who she was. And then as the show progressed, I was like, okay, maybe she is trustworthy. Okay, she's helping out. And then you get hit reveal where she's sleeping with someone who's part of the Twelve.
1: She also released Villanelle Villanelle. from the prison. And so you're just so many questions about this lady. And I'm hoping we get some answers. Maybe not all, but some answers. In season two. In season two, which is renewed. Can we talk about how amazing it is that this show was renewed before it went on the air?
0: I mean, watching it all, you know it's gonna be a hit. Like, I know Phoebe Waller-Bridge in general is a niche writer and not everyone will watch Crashing or Fleabag, but Killing Eve is something which hit the mainstream and hit the academy, in a way. So it's not surprising that people would see how good the quality was.
1: It's sort of the the hit television breakout of the year. So definitely... Definitely go out of your way to see Killing Eve. Figure out what all the hype is about. But for now, we're gonna wrap things up with His and Hers. His and Hers. Ah, oh,
0: as if. So His and Hers is a segment on our podcast and everyone was confused about this. Um, we were working it so it can be a quick fire answers to what's your favorite blank. So, I'll be the one moderating it. So, what's your favorite show? What's your favorite episode? Et cetera, et cetera. And each of us gets one stop the clock. We can choose to use it or not. Where we can just discuss what the other person said. Because we don't agree with it or we want to expound on it. Alright. Okay, so. Let's do it. Okay. Favorite episode?
1: Uh, episode 3, don't I know you?
0: Episode 5, I Have a Thing About Bathrooms. Favorite supporting character? Bill! My boy! Bill and Elena. Who? Black girl. Who? Black girl. Oh my gosh! Yeah! She was hilarious.
1: She always thought about dicks and shit. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was her character. She always thought about dicks and shit. Okay. Favorite quote? (gasps) Don't do this to me. Oh. Oh no no uh these are not quotes by the way i'm just trying to think <laughs> of one. Uh, oh, oh, this is my favorite quote i know i mentioned dick swab earlier but this is my favorite quote and sometimes when the circumstances are just right we even have sex watch the show if you want to figure out what that quote is about it's so funny in context
0: Mine is, is that a sweater attached to a shirt? Is it two separate pieces? And how does it work? <laughs> it's so obscure. You're going to get it when you watch the show. Okay. Favorite actress or actor?
1: Sandra Oh. Sandra Oh. Queen of everything. She is the glue holding this show together.
0: And finally, you're going to be horrified. Favorite
1: death? No! <laughs> no! No! Oh! Oh! Ah! Okay. I don't want to say Bill because while it was painful and horrible. Uh, I think my favorite death in terms of how it was portrayed dramatically would be Anna's death, where Ooh. she was confronted with Villanelle and she turns the gun on herself.
0: Minus Nadia. Nadia um, Villanelle's ex-girlfriend who isn't Anna. The one who she put in prison and was supposed to kill to get into the hole.
1: Okay, stop the clock. Tell me about this.
0: Okay. Because it was just so cute. I can't explain it. But like, like, it was horrifying in their, in their dialogue before. Like, Nadia was just so resigned to dying. Like, am I gonna die? And Villanelle, she's like, yes. And then, and then, and then, and then. Once they reveal how she died, like there was blood on the walls, there was blood on the floor, and Villanelle was just so weirdly happy, and she shouts, "Take me to the
1: hole," which is solitary confinement in that prison they were in.
0: And for some reason, I thought she was absolutely adorable. I just want to
1: reiterate that in the span of us talking about this murder scene inside a prison. You have used the words adorable and cute unironically.
0: Because it was. And I don't know. I just like the shift. Or rather the shift in emotions from cutesy to horrifying to back to cutesy again. Because that kind of explains my relationship with Villanelle as an audience and a character.
1: Yeah, the the tonal differences between the show and the balance that... Uh, the directors and Phoebe Waller-Bridge are able to strike really is an absolute wonder and that's going to do it for His and Hers. His and Hers. Ah, oh,
0: as if! So that's the end of our podcast. If you want to hear more of us, be sure to subscribe on Buzzsprout, SoundCloud, or Tumblr. And iTunes! And I iTunes, we're yeah. ITunes. We're, I- we're on iTunes now. We're trying to get on Spotify. But right now... We are on iTunes. Be sure to click subscribe if you want to hear more from us individually. It's at the Leon Eco on Twitter and Instagram for me.
1: And you can find me at Joseph Weirdness. We are gonna end the show today with our quote of the day. Today's
0: quote of the day shows us that looks can be deceiving and that the lines between illusion and reality are always blurred. Is that a sweater attached to a shirt? Is it two separate pieces? How does it work? That it was a terrible Russian accent.
1: See you on the next program.
0: Bye.